Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome into the show. This is the Al Wallace Show here on 7:30. The game, ESPN Charlotte, 97.5 FM. Be here with you for the next 60 minutes. Be followed up by the afternoon rush. Got a jam. Pack show for you today. Going to play a little four downs at 245 and then coming up around 230. Going to go around the NFL. Some great matchups. Uh, it was an incredible weekend of football for me watching the Carolina Panthers go out there and do their thing. The guys are going to have three to six for you coming up, but I got in studio with me right here, Bobby Rosinski. Bobby, how was your weekend, man? A lot of basketball? Man? Yeah, it was good. At Halton Arena Saturday and Sunday, men pick up an overtime win against Detroit Mercy on Saturday. Eight and two now on the season. Another great crowd out there Sunday. Women had a tough uh, defeat at the hands of Wake Forest, but still was able to get home. Allen catch the Panthers you know, six-point win, but it felt more than that. Oh, the yeah. Carolina was the better team throughout that game yesterday against the Seahawks. No doubt about it. 704-332-0173. It's how you can give us a call here or text us in at 704-800-4827. And let's just jump right into it. I couldn't be more excited. I came decked out like I'm ready to go to a game. Ready I know. To go it's like you're getting the, on the plane flying I need, out I need with a the home team. game. I need a home game here. Feels like such I don't a long know if time. Sunday will be a home game. Yeah, it's going to look like a lot of um, you know Pittsburgh Steeler fans in there. We know how well they travel, but look, you got to be excited about one of the more impressive victories we've seen, and you mentioned it, thirty to twenty-four, six-point victory. But the Panthers fly out west to Seattle, and they really dominate the Seahawks. They upset the Seahawks. They're not a favorite to win. Going out there on the road with Geno Smith. You know that running game was down. They had some some pieces missing there at running back. Kenneth Walker not able to go. Uh, DJ Dallas also not able to go. But this team, Bobby, goes out there, and they play big boy football. They play just the most exciting brand, for me, of football that you can play, where they win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They get it done on the ground. 46 rushing attempts for 223 yards. That's 4.8 average, two touchdowns. And, man, they <laughs> they just lined up and decided, we're just going to beat you. We're just going to be better than you. We're going to shut down the 12th man out here. And, man, you have to be excited for Steve Wilkes and what this football team accomplished yesterday. No, you have to be. And for the Panthers, time of possession, they had it for over 39 minutes. Oh. I think you have to go over, like, five years since the Panthers had ball control like they had in this game. Now, Seattle's run defense, we knew it was bad going into the sure. game. And this was the fourth straight game that they've given up at least 150 yards on the ground. You mentioned what Carolina was able to do in this game. It started with the opening drive, 
And then, Al, to me, you go fourth quarter. It's 20-17. to 17. Panthers get the football at their own 26-yard line, and they go on a 10-play, 74-yard drive, where I'm trying to look at it right now. Two passes, I think. I mean, it was just running straight at Seattle, and they could not stop, whether it was Foreman, Hubbard, that drive was a lot of Hubbard, and then Blackshear yeah. was able to get into the end zone for his first rushing touchdown. It didn't matter who it was. It was a complete dominating performance by the Panthers on the ground to go to Seattle and punch them in the mouth. Yeah, both running backs, both Hubbard and Foreman have 74 yards. Chuba Hubbard, though, his best day, 5.3 yards average. Raheem Blackshear got into the end zone. You saw there in the fourth quarter for a touchdown. But those three guys, man, they just handed it off, and you knew Foreman came in with the ankle and was a little sore, missed a couple days of practice this week, uh, pretty much started with play. Said it was 95% sure it would play. But Hubbard got in there not because of the injury. He got in there because he runs hard, man. You watch him run the ball, and he's fighting, he's digging, the legs are churning, he's doing the best he can. He caught a pass on the flat I didn't think he was going to catch. He kind of picked up a first down earlier in that football game. But look, Chuba Hubbard has really stepped up. This running game has been fantastic. And it feels like Ben McAdoo is settled into the identity that Steve Wilkes is imploring him to to Im- implement here with this team. It's worked. It's worked for seven Straight weeks now that if you hand it off, you can go out there and you can play good football. I'm still looking for somebody to print up the shirts. It just doesn't have to be that hard. It's easy. <laughs> just hand it off and do a great job. And I know at least coming in, I heard a lot of the talk and people are talking about Sam Darnold. And I heard Jeremy Chin at the podium. Most of the questions that he filled it today were about Sam Darnold. It wasn't about Sam Darnold, 120 yards. And I'm not telling you he had a bad day, Bobby, but he doesn't have to be the most exciting football player on the field. He doesn't have to do anything, uh, but make sure he gets the ball to where it needs to go when he's asked to do that and not turn it over. And for two starts now, Sam Darnold has not turned the ball over. Yeah, look, the game started perfectly for the Panthers of how they're able to jump in front of Seattle and not play from behind. Again, we didn't see shots taken downfield in this football game. LaVisca Chenault was the leading wide receiver, and again, he catches every single ball. Uh, Just a hair and a (laughs) forward pass, so it's not a run for Chenault when he makes that catch here. And, you know, it was questionable a couple different times. Go back to the opening drive, Al. Third down and 10. You run two plays, nothing. They ran on third and 10. They now, ran the ball. Hubbard picked up the first down. When he got that handoff, Al, I was ready to go to Twitter. Be like, what the hell are you doing, McAdoo? But he got the first down. Yeah, good run. Then you go to that goal line situation late third quarter where they throw the ball four times. Now they said twice it was RPOs with Sam Darnold. It was his decision to pass. I don't know why you're really putting that in Sam's hand when you're running the ball like you are. You thought you'd stick with Foreman or Harvard in that situation to try to get into the end zone. But, you know, for Sam Darnold, he's doing what he needs to do. And I think you mentioned the biggest thing, no turnovers. Panthers won the turnover battle, gave them good field position, then capitalized with 10 points off those two turnovers that Seattle had. And that's a major difference in the game. Play fundamental, run the football, Defense was good. One great yesterday. Ended up giving up 24 points. Took advantage of some horrific Geno Smith throws. I'm not going to sit here and give C.J. Henderson any praise just to let you know, Al. I could have caught that ball. I could have caught that ball for an interception yesterday. J.C. Horn, he was good. But in the end, 
That's how Steve Wilkes wants to draw up a football game. That's his game plan. That's the formula. And Sam Darnold adds uh, four carries for 30 yards. So 150 total yards that Sam's responsible for in a touchdown doesn't get his team in trouble. You see Shai Smith also getting the, the end zone. But look, let's talk about this defense, man. This defense has found a way over the last six or seven weeks to just turn teams away. And they've done another good job against Geno and that offense. You know, they have DK and, and Tyler Lockett and everything going on. Yes, one-dimensional because you really can't get anything going on the ground with Travis Homer. They hold this team to 46 yards rushing, which is no surprise to me. But guys like Shaq Thompson, Frankie Louvu, who was all over the field yesterday, just did a good job. Four tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, and a pass deflection. But it seems like Frankie's involved in more than that. Shaq, Shaq has nine tackles. And that knee, you know, that was bothering him earlier in the season when he didn't look like himself, wasn't making a lot of plays. I think he's now maybe two tackles. He needed 11 going into this game to be to get 100 yard or 100 tackles for the season, like six, seven straight years. So Shaq's doing a great job. But the story of this defense is going to be J.C. Horn. And I put down one of the guys that needed to step up because of the matchup, because of DK Metcalf and his physical presence was going to be matching up with J.C. Horn. And for the most part, J.C. did that with flying colors. I mean, he's one of the top five cornerbacks in the league, and I believe that because he competes at such a high level. He got his hands on one interception, had a great return. almost thought he was going to yeah. break it at the end, but it looked like he kind of started to run out of steam. Then I thought he had another one, just couldn't get possession before he got his feet in. And C.J. Henderson also, uh, you know, with that third pick. But, man, it was fun to watch J.C. in all the corners without Xavier Woods go out there and have a great day. Great day's a bit much, but, you know, I get you're wearing a Panther shirt right now. Yeah. And you play defense for it's, that it's team. Great now. great day is is way too strong. To J.C., if you want to say great day, J. that's C., fine. Yeah, yeah, J.C. Horn. Again, Marcus Goodwin's still running open, if I'm yes. not mistaken, right now. Now, no Xavier Woods out there uh, played a part in that. Going back to Shaq, and you mentioned the, the 100 tackles. Look, James Anderson had like 141 year for this team. Tackles isn't a relevant yeah. stat for the most part for me. It's what are you doing with those tackles? Frankie Louvu had four tackles. It felt like Frankie had Dan 20, Morgan in the Super yeah. Bowl. Like he had 25, and he was out there doing everything for this team. For Shaq, it feels more so, I think, this year, Al, that you're seeing him with tackles, and they actually mean something. Mm -hmm. That he's making plays at the line of scrimmage. He's making plays in the backfield, and he's just more impactful that he has been in his career. And Frankie Louvu, outside of probably a three-game stretch, I think he was hurt, missed a game or yeah. two, came back, was a little bit slow in those games, but he was phenomenal yesterday. Those two guys, I think they were there, outside of with J.C. Horn, Horn, what he did, they were the best players on that field yesterday, allowing the Carolina Panthers to win this game. Yeah, the, the secondary, you're right. They gave up some yards. Goodwin, Lockett, and Metcalf all had five catches, and each one of them had a touchdown. So it wasn't a perfect performance, but I think when you look at what this offense has done with Geno, and we talked about going into this game that he had a passer rating over 107 straight weeks, and it broke the, the Seahawks' record by a quarterback. I mean, they did a great job. I mean, both Carolina – and Seattle did a pretty good job on third down, six for 13 for both teams. And the time of possession is really where it's at, man. When you can go out, you can sock a team in the gut and you can keep pounding it. And the way that it ended, not with Foreman getting the ball, but with Chuba Hubbard getting the ball, when you know you need to just close out, you need to turn up some yards, you need to convert first downs. And they just keep handing it off to Chuba Hubbard, man. They just run 
into guys. Almost 40 to 20, the time of possession difference with the Carolina Panthers and, and the Seattle Seahawks. Only 53 snaps by the Seahawks. We heard the crowd or the media talk to Jeremy Chin today, and he said, we thought we could do it. We believe we could do it. They flew out there. You heard from Shaq, some of the sounds coming out of the locker room. Those guys felt like they can go out there and have a good day against the Seattle Seahawks. Man, it's exciting talking about meaningful football here in the Carolinas in December. We'll come back. We'll have more of the Carolina Panthers. Take a look around the NFC South. This is the Al Wallace Show on 730 The Game. And welcome back into the Al Wallace Show. Here on a Monday, a victory Monday, excited here for the Carolina Panthers get another victory, bringing the record for Steve Wilkes, interim head coach Steve Wilkes, to 4-4 four and four in his time here with the Carolina Panthers. He's doing an outstanding job. We'll get to Coach Wilkes, but let's take a look at the NFC South. This is Tampa Bay playing yesterday. They get absolutely destroyed, Bobby. I mean destroyed by Brock Purdy. In the San Francisco 49ers, now Debo goes down, gets an ankle injury. Looks like a high ankle sprain. Didn't break. It looked really bad when he went down, man. You can see all the players kind of gathering around Debo. We hope he gets well. But I still think that team with all the weapons, Brandon Ayuk and everybody else on that team can get it done. 35-7, to San Francisco takes down Tampa. And this puts Carolina 2 in the, in the NFC South. I mean, it's just unbelievable how this thing turned around from a one and four start. You lose your head coach, interim head coach, all, all the quarterback swaps and the Panthers still there. Can't believe we're still talking about Carolina having a chance over the next four weeks. Yeah, look, the NFC South is terrible. And it has allowed the Carolina Panthers now with four games to go technically control their own destiny. Now, destiny is whatever happens to you. So saying you control your own destiny is stupid, but we all say it, so I'll go with it here. They control their own destiny. You get the Steelers coming in here this weekend. You want to talk about one of the worst losses, I think, in the NFL yesterday. It was Pittsburgh dropping that game. We discussed the crowd at the start of this. I expect it to be 50-50-ish Sunday at Bank of America Stadium because of the amount of Steeler fans, no matter what that team is like, that they're going to be there. And then, let's be honest, Al, the best team they will play over the final four weeks of the season will be Christmas Eve when the Detroit Lions yeah. come to town. And the Lions are cooking. Lions scare me right now if you're Carolina. And then it's two straight road games, and the game in Tampa could be the one we're looking at here. Because I don't even think, Al, you have to go 4-0 and to win the division. Tampa's got Cincinnati on Sunday. Why in my right mind would I think Tampa Bay is going to win that no game? Way. I yeah. don't see that happening. They still have Arizona on the schedule. We'll see what we get from the Cardinals tonight. And I think that game's out in Arizona. Not a good team, but you could see the victory here before games with Carolina and Atlanta to right the end of the season. If you split these two games at home and then take care of business in the divisional games, who knows what the Saints are going to be. I know they're sticking with Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback. It is a lot more reasonable to have the conversation that the Carolina Panthers can be NFC South champs because let's be honest four and four over the last eight that is better than what we're seeing from any other NFC South team right it's now. crazy it's crazy I mean we I personally on this show we're talking we're talking about quarterbacks and talking yeah. about the draft and I know Steve Wilkes addressed it a little bit and you could see some of the emotion out of Coach Wilkes. This team, like you said, has the fourth easiest schedule remaining. Now, any given Sunday, I get that, but I like our odds. I like the way this team is playing. Detroit scares me, but no one else on this schedule, even Tampa, they don't scare me. And I believe once you know teams like the Saints start, they, they realize they don't have a chance, 
those veteran players are going to start getting ready for vacations, man. They're going to be hurt. Those little boo-boos turn into I'm out for the rest of the year. They're not going to have everybody in there. I think Carolina has a really good chance of of running the table here, but I agree. They maybe don't need to. Who needs to run the table? Who wants to run the table for personal reasons because of his connections to the Carolina Panthers? And I read an article. Uh, I think it was uh, – who did the article on the Observer there? Scott uh, Fowler. Scott Fowler, yeah. Hire the man. And I tweeted as much yesterday after the game. I know you can't do it right now. Yes, you literally you can't can. do it right now. The so, Rooney rule. The Rooney rule. And I think he falls into the category. Of- <laughs> the Rooney rule is keeping Steve Wilkes from being named the full-time That's head crazy. coach right now. Yeah, but I think he deserves it. And you know I've said that. You guys you know, kind of you know, laughed a little bit when I thought it was 100%. I feel really good about Steve Wilkes and his – not going to even come down for me the wins and losses he's brought joy back to the football for me as a fan as a former player going to that stadium watching the games on sunday it feels good because i believe this team has a chance and as an owner if you're david tepper you have to be paying attention you have to listen to the guys in the locker room who are with steve wilkes every single day they're telling you he's the leader that we need to get it done and then they go out there across the country and produce in the way we saw yesterday. And I know it's one game. It's back-to-back wins after a bye week. They didn't fumble around coming off a bye week and have a slow start. They went out there and jumped out to, what, a 17-point lead? Steve Wilkes is your guy. And I know there's a number of different ways you can go with hiring a head coach. But for me, it just makes sense because I can look at it. I can see it on film. I can see it during the games. You can hear it in the press conference, the, the kind of – just respectful confidence the firm um leadership alpha male that he is and we heard that from Shaq all yesterday he's an alpha and this is what he does and we follow him I think David Tepper has to take a long hard look at this go through the process we know it's a sham just do it the way you're supposed to do it but at the end of the day you got to come back and you got to look at Steve Wilkes and you know, think that maybe he could be the guy for me. We're going to go to the caller line and listen to the line right here. We're going to talk to Bob. Bob, how you doing? Welcome to the Al Wallace Show. Hey, I'm doing great. Hope you are, and thanks for taking my call. Appreciate you uh, calling. I've got two questions for you that are kind of a complaints or whatever, but first one is why are they letting uh, Shai Smith catch punts? Uh, isn't wasn't yesterday a second or third fumble this year? And the other question is, where's DJ Moore? No catches yesterday, only three uh, attempts. Uh, I'll shut up and listen. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you, Bob. Yeah, you know, Shy Smith has had a rough year. I know everyone was really high on Shy. He's a fantastic football player, great athlete. We watched him at South Carolina. We're watching him here with the Carolina Panthers. And look, all of us were looking for kind of that slot guy, that move guy with Robbie and DJ to start off the year. I thought it would be Rashad Higgins. They both had fantastic training camps. It was shy, but we have seen him, seen him put the ball on the ground quite a bit. And Steve Wilkes hasn't lost confidence on him. Maybe that was the last straw, but I don't know that they have anyone else to put back there at this point to even just fair catch the ball. I'm not sure you put DJ Moore back there one of your best receivers. So yeah, that's the fear that? of putting a, a star player yeah. back there. I don't know where Blackshear falls in, if he can be that guy for Carolina. Kick but to, to, to Bob's point, yeah. Shai Smith has – to me, he's not been good. I know he had his first NFL touchdown yesterday, ran across the middle, nobody guarded him wide open. You know, ha- ha- happy you caught it, Shai, but I'm with Bob that, you know, a little fearful there. And for DJ Moore, that was the one weird thing, I guess, from yesterday. out. Now, you throw for 120 yards. You're running for 230. The game was clearly on the ground. 
you'd still think there'd be a way DJ Moore would catch one. I like Sam Darnold. I think he's navigated the offense well. If there's a throw to me, have back, it's when he has DJ Moore open, but he underthrows it, and that was, I don't know if that was the first drive of the game, second drive of the game, but he had DJ for a touchdown, yeah. and he underthrew it. Now, DJ rolled his ankle a little bit in the fourth quarter. They're hoping it's nothing serious and that he'll be out there in this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you brought up your keys. You had J.C. Horn as one. DJ Moore was the other yeah. one, and DJ Moore, a non-factor, because even DJ, to me, Al, he's the Steve Smith type. I got If he's not getting the ball in the first five minutes, there's something wrong with what you're doing. If it's a quick screen, because that's what it was for Smitty. You, you made sure if Smitty had not caught a ball the first like four or five plays. He was going off. It was the screen play. Yeah, because yeah. he was going to destroy everyone on the sideline. So quick screen to get Smitty the ball. DJ Moore, clearly if this team's going to win bigger games down the stretch, DJ Moore has to have bigger days. They have to find a way, and they can use them in the same way. I said this on Friday. They can use them in the same way you do LaVisca Chenault. They're literally – the same build, 215, 220-pound wide receivers that are physical after-the-contact runners. So if you want to jet sweep to the orbit motion around Sam Darnold in the backfield and throw him the little swing pass that's on the verge of just being a backwards pass, which is essentially a run, find the way to get it into his hands. We saw the jet sweep. I also asked for that. Be creative. And I know Ben McAdoo is struggling right now with DJ Moore trying to find a way to get him open. No other team has this issue. If you have Steph Diggs, he's getting open. If you have Justin Jefferson, they're going to find a way to get him open. All across the NFL, the number one wide receiver, regardless of coverage and double teams and press coverage at the line of scrimmage, they're going to find a way to get their guy open. DJ's not able to do that. Yeah, maybe DJ, he needs... Because it doesn't come across this way, Al. He needs that diva wide receiver attitude. Yeah. We saw Diggs in Buff in Detroit on Thanksgiving, right, where yeah. he, he was kind of quiet early on. There was a conversation with him and Sean McDermott. Sure enough, there was Stephon Diggs coming up big for Buffalo down the stretch in this game. Uh, Texture in if Carolina wins the South, the most likely be playing Dallas. That is true. Cowboys probably going to be the, the number one wild card team which would have Carolina hosting Dallas if they do make the playoffs. Sounds good. Brings up good memories, to be honest with you, of the Panthers hosting the Cowboys. Back to the Steve Wilkes conversation of where we started here, Al. And I'm with you. Right now, Steve Wilkes 100% deserves the job. Now, there are four games to go. And if you're David Tepper, this is the fear of players, fans, and everyone gets emotional. You have to take emotion out of this. You have to look, is Steve Wilkes going to be able to keep this going? I think he can. I 100% think he can. But if you're also looking at it, you go, all right, four and four. Let's take a look since he took over as the head coach of this team. They went to L.A., lost to the Rams. Rams, we know, are not a good team. They had no game plan in that game. But it was his first time stepping in. I I think you can throw that one out. You beat Tampa Bay. At the time, it was like, oh, yeah, you beat the Bucs. Now it's like, well, good. You should have beat the Bucs. You lose to the Falcons in a heartbreaker. Next game is, to be honest with you, Al, the only really good team they played. They went to Cincinnati, and they got annihilated. Came home, beat the Falcons on an ugly Thursday night game. Went to Baltimore, a Ravens team that record is good, but they've been, yeah. they haven't been they have looked the same as I think they did more early on the year. You lose that game. You beat the Broncos, who were terrible, and you beat a Seahawks team who I've never thought their record as good as they're indicated. Hell, they went 0-4 against the NFC South this year, the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. And then we look at the schedule upcoming here. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa, and New Orleans. Again, none of these teams are above 500. The schedule has played out nicely for the Carolina Panthers. So if I am David Tepper, that is something I have to look at here. And it's weird with the whole Rooney rule 
that that could actually keep Steve Wilkes from getting the job because then all of a sudden there's David Tepper. Well, I got to do a full search here and bring in other guys to interview. Now, whether that leads to Sean Payton, somebody else, who the heck knows here, but you can't have doubt, I think, if you're David Tepper about where things are. I mean, it's tough. I understand the situation, right? And if you're looking at it, and I know, uh, you, you know, Scott Fowler at the end of, of his article, at the end of his piece in the Charlotte Observer today, you can go check that out. He said he asked uh, David Tepper, what does he have to do? And he said he has to do something incredible. Now, I think Scott said it, and I agree. I don't know that this has been incredible. It's been fun. It's been really it's better fun. than what it's we've been, seen in years. Oh, it's been really competitive. And for me, I know winning out seems like what Steve Wilkes has to do, right? Run the table, win the NFC South. It would be undeniable that this is the guy for the job. I think they just got to go out and compete the same way. They got to show that character. They got to show the culture that was built here before Dave Tepper and before Steve Wilkes, right? <clears throat> And that's the keep pounding mantra. And I think Steve came in. He said as much. He understands it. He grew up here. He played ball here. He coached here. And if he can go out and kind of show some of that over the next four weeks, I think he deserves it. Unless David Tepper just wants something new and fresh. And I understand that. He's a billionaire. He can do whatever he wants with his money. But for me, I think this team has spoken. The fan base is starting to get louder and louder. And across the NFL, going to have something to say if he moves on from Steve Wilkes just because. Yeah, I mean, when you got a Charlotte guy, West Charlotte, App State, all the connections here. Wilkes been here for a long time uh, previous to that. And the best thing you can say to me about Wilkes is – this team, talent-wise, technically is worse than what it was when Matt Rule was no the doubt. head coach this year because Christian McCaffrey's not a part of this football team. Yet this football team is a heck of a lot better. And that's because Steve Wilkes can coach these guys up. He manages the game a hell of a lot better. He just knows what he's doing. So, again, me personally, I am hiring Steve Wilkes because I don't know what else you would want an individual to do in this situation. And if you don't hire him, Al... Depending on how it plays out. Now, if they lose the next four games, yeah. then the conversation we're having right now is pointless. I don't see how that happens the way they've looked. I don't think at all that's going to occur for the Carolina Panthers. For David Tepper, it would be for a guy that I don't think has a lot of trust, if any, with the Panther fan base to then not hire Steve Wilkes. And unless, again, it's Sean Payton, it's some massive name that's won a Super Bowl. We could have a hard time. Was it D'Amico Ryan's, the San Francisco yeah. defensive quarter? Yeah, he's done a hell of a job with that Niner defense. No doubt about that. Why, though, would you go hire him when it seems like you have a great defensive yeah. mind here in Steve Wilkes? Texture, by the way, Al, uh, taking a shot at your boy DJ Moore. DJ can't do that because he's not a number one receiver. There's 20 or more wide receivers better than him. Well, there are 32 NFL teams, so technically if he was 21st, he would still be a number one wide receiver in the National Football League. I do think DJ is the number one. This team, let's just face it, Al. It's not a passing attack. Sam Darnold's thrown for what? 270 and two starts here? Yeah. This team's, this team's trying not to lose it on offense. I, I know so far a, that's worked. Yeah, I think DJ's a number one. I think he's a number one. Look at his stats. Look at what he's done with all these quarterbacks over his tenure here with the Carolina Panthers, man. He's just... He's having a rough go at it right now. You look at these quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. These guys are building a relationship. Diggs and what he's been able to do with Josh Allen. It takes time to kind of build that. And guys have been in and out of that lineup at quarterback. 
DJ's really never had that guy. So I'm going with DJ. And of course, I'm riding with Steve Wilkes. I think he has that job. Uh, it just can't collapse. can't look bad. And I thought the Cincinnati game was the only one where I doubted whether he should be the coach because it was just such an embarrassing loss. But this team has a long way to go. They're excited. They can't start looking ahead. They can't do all the math like we're doing. But I think they're in a perfect position to run the table here for the NFC South. But when we come back, we'll take a little break. We'll go around the NFL, talk about some of the other matchups we saw over the weekend. This is 730 The Game and the Al Wallace Show. And welcome back into the Al Wallace Show. You got to the halfway point here on a Monday, Panthers Victory Monday. They take down the Seattle Seahawks. Everybody's feeling good around the city. Sam Darnold goes out there, game manager, not a bad thing. This offense rushes for 223 yards on the ground, three running backs, just a dominant performance up front by that offensive line. He gave up a couple sacks, saw Icky get beat on one. Bruce Irvin's been in Seattle three trips around now. It's his third time. I was like, is that there. his son? No, wait, that's this still just Bruce still Irving out Bruce there. Bruce Irving. Wasn't he here? He was here briefly, yeah. yeah. He was man, part that of this dude's team. old. He has been around, man. It's uh, He has some pictures on somebody. Or is, I mean, he hasn't been that great, right? Isn't one of the greatest football players. Uh, he's been no, pretty he's, good. He's he's good. I mean, he was good 10 years ago. Yeah. He did get around but for yeah. that sack yesterday, though. Yeah, he's he did a good job. So, look, let's take a look around some of these other games uh, across the NFL. Some good matchups. Uh, a lot of these divisional games, as we talked about on Friday, that we we're looking forward to seeing. Right off the top, a game that we talked about probably felt like a must-win game. It put the Bills at the number one seed now in the AFC. They beat the Jets 21-12, and I know this is a sigh of relief. They want, they probably need home field advantage more than any team, Bobby, in the NFL. But they went out there and found a way to get the job done. They still got to figure out this running game, man. But, you know, they, they win a scrappy one. Yeah, they do win. Look, weather was bad yesterday. And this is where I'm going to have on my Bills jersey and be angry about national media. Last week, it was all about Von Miller not going to be there. And the Bills, there's no way they can go win the Super Bowl. People were picking the Jets to win this game. And the Jets' defense is really good here. I mean, that that is, a to me, a Super Bowl-caliber defense that the New York Jets have. So the Bills yesterday go out, I think, control the game. They were the better team, the majority of it. They pick up the victory 20-12. to Defensively, they were great yesterday. I mean, they destroyed Mike White, sent yeah. him to the hospital, knocked him out of the game Couple twice. Of times, yeah. I mean, they were destroying him in this game. You know, the Jets' run game was really good the first time. Bills were kind of able to keep that more in check yesterday. Josh Allen in the offense got the two touchdowns, couple field goals. I thought did what they needed to do. I don't know if you saw the post-game press conference with Josh Allen where a reporter goes, your guy's offense isn't good enough to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. It wasn't even a question. He just said that. Yeah. Josh goes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the end of it. I hear Rex Ryan today on, on Get Up saying, you know, the Bills – you know, in Buffalo, they're not built to win there, how their team is built off this. I'm like, they win at home all the damn time. Yeah. The, like, the Bills are, are great at home. To the main point you said there, yes, they 100% need home field advantage, in part because the AFC is so good with teams. If you don't, then you got to play three games to get to the Super Bowl, and that's not going to be easy. The Bills win Saturday. They pretty much have locked up the division if they can beat the Dolphins. Dolphins continue to look bad on the offensive side the last two times out, but... Bills find ways to get the job done. I think you can look at every team in the AFC and nitpick about what they've done 
But I thought for the Bills to take care of business yesterday and more importantly, defense look as good as they did. That was the biggest thing for them. Yeah, I mean, they make a big deal. And I think you said it a number of times. Every time we bring it up, no Von Miller, you said, hey, these guys made a deep run. They played good football before Von Miller got there. So Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, they're dependent on those guys. They still have a lot of talented football players on that side of the ball. And, you know, they stepped up and, and did a good job. But I agree. I'm just worried about the conversation, right, being that home field advantage is what's going to get them over the edge. They got to play. The AFC is going to be tough. And no tougher team than the defending AFC champs, the Cincinnati Bengals, still hot. They went 23-10 to over the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson goes in concussion protocol, gets knocked out of that game. Joe Mixon returns 96 yards on the ground, and Jamar Chase does what he does. 10 catches for 110 yards. And right now, Deshaun Watson, I mean, he has been out there, has not looked no. good at all. It's been too uh, long, man. For Cleveland, you wonder what could have happened if Jacoby Brissett would have stayed their starting quarterback to try to get in the conversation. Right now, the best overall team in the AFC is the Cincinnati Bengals. With, with what they're doing right now, offensively now, injuries. I think they had a couple wide receivers go down with some stuff yesterday. Hamstring, yeah. You still have Jamar Chase, who was great yesterday, 10 catches. For 119 yards, but this is a uh, Bengals team that is just kind of clicking on all cylinders. They were forgotten about team going into this year, Al. Went to the Super Bowl last year, and you'd almost forget that the Cincinnati Bengals existed. I know Burrow didn't look great, especially that first game of the season when they ended up losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Cincinnati, they're starting to cook here now, and this is a, a dangerous team. By the way, Bills are a game ahead of them right now for the AFC top spot. Kansas City's tied with Buffalo. Buffalo beat Kansas City. Bills play at Cincinnati, I think New Year's Day, whatever weekend that is, mm -hmm. it's like a Sunday night game. That could be the one for all the marbles, and we're talking about who get home field advantage. Uh, it's it's going to be great, man. I love the fact that you can get some of these top teams, you know, week 18 of the season, and they're fighting for something, man. They're fighting for that home field advantage, see who's going to make it. I know one team is going to make it. They've already clinched the playoff berth, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles what, 11-1, 12-1 record. They handled the New York Giants, which I thought going into it, the Giants record, and I love what Brian Dable did. We were all excited. Week one, he goes for it, uh, goes for two, and wins the football game early. They get destroyed, too. Never even a contest with Jalen Hurts, 48-22. to And I think they're one of the best teams, not the best team. I'm saying that, you know, kind of hedging my bet right there with the Eagles. But Jalen Hurts is the clear MVP. That defense feels like it's improving every time you cut on the TV with the additions that they've added, especially across the defensive line. Yeah, Eagles continue to just handle their business. I, you could go through their schedule like I was the Panthers earlier and be like, you know what? There's not a whole lot of like, ooh, that was a great win. But they win their games. And what they're doing now, I think, is the most impressive part. They're destroying teams. So mm -hmm. Tennessee, a week ago, I mean, got their GM fired. They beat them so bad. And now for the New York Giants, it looked like you just sucked the life out of New York with what you did to them yesterday. Brian Dable still done a heck of a job because this is not an extremely talented team. No one expected this. I thought you'd see more fight from the Giants yesterday. The Eagles are just that good of where they are. I think we're already looking ahead to, was it Christmas Eve, when the Eagles mm -hmm. will play the Cowboys. And as long as both take care of business next week, then we have a game that will uh, do a large part of deciding the NFC East. Now, the Eagles have to lose twice to whatever these final four games are, and the Cowboys went out 
to actually win the division. But Philadelphia, they're good. Jalen Hurts, you're right. He is the MVP right Yeah, now. he's the MVP. They're playing very good football. Dallas Cowboys, man, they survived. Come back late in that football game. It's the worst team in the NFL, the Houston Texans. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you look at Dak and you look at some of the throws. Um you, you always question Dak. I know people are either high or low on Dak Prescott and his football team. That defense has been really good. And I think Houston, for the most part, uh, Pep Hamilton, offensive coordinator, had a really good game plan. And they were able to put up some points on the Dallas Cowboys. But Micah Parsons, he has the shoulder sleeve on. I don't know if he's banged up. But if you could take him out of it, if you could minimize his impact on the game, then you're doing a really good job. I was impressed by Houston and what uh, Pep Hamilton was able to do. No, that was incredible what Houston did. And they're right there on the goal line, chance for a touchdown. Yeah. They win that game and, and the Cowboys lose. It was interesting to me with Dallas and their win last week against the Indianapolis Colts. And, oh, they destroyed the, the Colts. Final score, yes. It was a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. Now, ended up putting, like, what, 33 points in the fourth mm-hmm. and put up 50 points. So, you just look at the score. Oh, they, they annihilate them. That was a game, and this is a Cowboy team that does have their issue. I think it goes to the whole NFC, Al, where it's, do you fully trust the Eagles? Do you fully trust the Cowboys? Yeah. 49, I think the 49ers are probably the team you'd pick the most. If they were healthy, you might believe more in San Francisco. So it is a wide open division in the end for Dallas. At the end of the year, you just need to win. It doesn't matter how you do it. Win the damn game. And I think that was the talk by Jerry Jones and Dak and everybody else coming out there. Hey, we won. Sometimes going through that adversity might be good for us. Another team that I've been on the – I picked the Vikings so many times this year, and I feel like they've let me down. The Detroit Lions – Scrappy team. Dan Campbell has those guys going. They can put up some points uh, but with Jared Goff, and they win again at home. They beat the Vikings 34-23. Uh, to 23. It's just – it was crazy, and I didn't think they should be favorites going into that game. I know we talked about it, you know, and pick them, and uh, I picked the Vikings and lost that bet. But You uh, had a good it, week, it, though, in pick them, Al. You've vaulted up to second place uh-huh. in pick them behind Mario. This is one of the games I actually did get right. Because you just look at what the Lions have been doing lately compared to the Vikings. The Lions have been the better football team. I mean, the Lions outside the Bills, I think it's five of six that they want. I mean, you could argue Detroit's the best team in the NFL right now in terms of what they're playing. All this talk because they could have a high pick with the Rams selection for the golf trade. Right now, I'm keeping Jared Goff as my quarterback. I'm using that pick either to trade back and get more assets or bring in a defensive player because defense right now is where Detroit has their issues. Give credit to Dan Campbell. I mean, they had the fake punt early in that mm-hmm. game. He threw a pass to Panay Sewell with the game on the line. pounder Crazy. <laughs> that takes some guts, Of man. what they did. Dan Campbell, he said he would take kneecaps off and all that stuff. And and he's delivering right now. Detroit, Detroit is that team that no NFC division winner wants to see on their schedule come wild card weekend in the Nationals. Because anything league. could happen yeah, with that, that football Detroit, team. Detroit, I don't want to see. Amon Ross, St. Brown. Great receiver, underrated receiver because he's playing in Detroit, but he has a great connection with Jared Goff, man. It's been a great year for Dan Campbell. Tennessee loses again. You know, they fired their general manager. They lose to Jacksonville 36-22, to just off balance for Mike Vrabel and that football team. Kansas City and Denver would look like a blowout, Bobby, turned into a football game and shootout 34-28. to Patrick Mahomes just does – he just takes too many chances with the ball, man. He's throwing too many interceptions. We saw that maybe a year ago. They went through a little spell where Patrick Mahomes just 
He's too confident in, in squeezing the ball in different places, and Travis Kelsey probably had his worst day as a pro. I hate what happened to Russell yesterday because here's a guy, Al, yeah, getting yeah, criticized sure. left and right, and rightfully so. I'm not sitting here going to defend Russell Wilson. He throws that pick, tremendous play by the linebacker. It was a gay for Kansas City mm-hmm. to put them up 27 nothing. And, yeah, you're thinking, oh, man, this is going to get ugly. And then what do they do? They score three. Russell throws three touchdown passes. The Broncos are in that game, and then he gets hurt doing what you want to see your quarterback do, right? Yeah. Like diving for the first down. Setting up a uh, first and goal. They'd eventually score on a fourth and goal with the backup quarterback throwing a touchdown pass. But you're sitting there wondering, was this it? You know, did the Broncos, not that it matters for this year, but something to carry them the rest of the way. And, I mean, you saw Russ. You saw his eyes. They were out. Yeah. I mean, that that dude, I, I don't know if you play him again this season, depending on what the health situation is here. It's just extremely unfortunate because it felt like you were finally seen what Russell Wilson, a guy that we saw for so many years prior. And so much criticism with his teammates and talk about not liking him. And he goes out there. He puts his body on the line. Ripping goes in and gets it done. Well, we'll come back. We'll go through four downs. One final segment here on the Al Wallace Show. This is 730 The Game. We're wrapping things up here on a Monday on the Al Wallace Show. Been a lot to talk about Carolina Panthers. I'm excited. If you guys can't tell, always excited when the home team wins. Good one. Pulling for Steve Wilkes, the rest of the guys. We're going to close things out here with the little four downs. All right. We saw San Francisco Al whoop up on Tampa Bay yesterday. It was a pretty good day for the 49ers. So, Al, can the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? Absolutely, because this guy has something, and you can't put your finger on it. He's not going out there trying to manage a game. He's not checked down Purdy. He's not trying to just survive and not turn it over and get out of the way. He's making plays, and he does it with his legs. He does it with his arms. I think he's a fantastic football player and maybe a hidden gem as Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft that nobody ever talked about that Kyle Shanahan had tucked away quietly in case all – Things fell apart, and it's gotten to that. And San Francisco 49ers have to be one of the favorites in a crazy NFC to make it to the Super Bowl. I think they can win with Brock. All right, second down. If it's not Steve Wilkes, and we know that's the guy everybody wants, who would you target as head coach for Carolina? Yeah, so I'm going to eliminate all the defensive coaches, right? So whether that's uh, D'Amico Ryans or you're looking at – a lot of the guys across the NFL, Leslie because you, Frazier, you all Dan, not Dan Campbell, Dan, uh, Quinn. Dan Quinn. You have all those guys already. You have that right here in Steve Wilkes. So you got to look at some of the offensive minded coaches, and that will be the only one that makes sense to me. And I think Shane Steichen is that the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's the guy that right now is coaching the MVP of the league in Jalen Hurts. He's also coached. Um, uh, the guy, the quarterback for the Chargers. Um, Herbert? Yeah, Justin Herbert. It's pretty his good, rookie guys. year. So he's coached a lot of good quarterbacks. If you're going to bring another quarterback in, if you're going to do that, outside of Sean Payton, who's the obvious choice, right, I think you go with Steichen because he's running that offense. They're creative, and it's run heavy. It fits the identity and the personnel of what the, the Carolina Panthers do right now. The Philadelphia Eagles, believe it or not, with A.J. Brown and the rest of the guys, they want to run the ball, and they've done a great job with Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. Tua yesterday, 10 of 28, 36%. Worst completion percentage in a game for him of at least uh, five attempts in a game. So third down, will the Dolphins have a new quarterback next year? 
they will have a new quarterback, and his name is he's also goes by the GOAT. It's probably going to be Tom Brady. I yeah, think Tom Brady be a terrible move. Around. It will not. Terrible move. He wanted move. to be down there. I know he, he did. Ownership. I get it for Brady. I'm not saying Brady it's a bad move. 46 years 46 old. 46 years with old. With those weapons, Tom Brady, with that football I IQ, don't think he can throw it far enough defense, for Tyreek He doesn't Hill. have to. He doesn't have to throw it down the field. Did you see Tyreek scoop up a fumble I rugby did. style? That was the best play the Dolphins had all night. The house. Look, they just got to get healthy at running back. And I know Wilson went out of that game. Um, you still got Raheem Mostert trying to run the ball. They just got to solidify some things in the offensive line. But I don't think it's going to be Tua. I just don't think they have confidence in him. They tried to move away a couple of times, and he's just not the guy for the system. So my answer is there will be another quarterback in Mike McDaniel's offense yeah, next look, year. Massive game Saturday night. Yeah. A lot of implications for the Bills and the Dolphins, but especially for Tua, that he needs to go out and he needs to deliver in this game. And they're already talking about lake effect snow again and oh. what it could be like. So we'll see how it looks in Buffalo this weekend. But Tua... Uh, he's got to produce, or I'm sure that's going to be an unhappy uh, Tyree Kill and everybody else. All right, question four. Panthers have turned it around here and uh, right there in the mix for the NFC South. If you were giving the Al Wallace MVP award for the Carolina Panthers, who would that guy be right now? This is tough, and I'm having a hard time just picking one person for the team, so I'm going to split it into oh. two because I can. Boo. I'll choose one out of the two. I'm just going to give you. Right. Yeah, I'm going to choose one out of the two. I mean, it is the Al Wallace on MVP the, award, so you can do what you want. On the defensive side, I'm going to go with Frankie Louvu, man. And I know Brian Burns has the sacks and his double digits, but we're talking about impact plays. We're talking about energy. Everything he brings to the table, it has to be Frankie for what he's energized and brought to this team. It looks like old school Carolina Panther football with Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. He's going to be rewarded. I know he signed a two-year deal. We were all shocked by it, but it has to be Frankie Louvu on that side. And crazy enough, with only being involved seven games this season, I'm going to give it to Deontay Foreman because he has pounded the rock. That offensive line has done a great job. Man, this team is nowhere. That defense is going to be the defense. Foreman has to be the best player, the most important piece on this team because without his production on the offensive side, they don't win these four games for Steve Wilkes. All right, bonus question. There was a penalty on fourth down, so you get to do it again. Monday Night Football, we'll get your pick during the afternoon rush later, but will Kyler Murray be a long-term successful quarterback in the NFL? Um, It's hard because how do I define success? Like, is he winning Super Bowls? Is he bound to playoff? I mean, I think he's, he's going to get paid. They already did that. They already so that's paid successful. him. So, yeah, he's a successful, but I don't think he's going to be a guy where you're going to be talking about him deep in playoff runs. I don't think this team is going to be in the NFC Championship. He got paid because they didn't have a choice but to play him. And he's talented. And he has Newt Hopkins, a really good wide receiver. The defense is decent. Um, but, you know, I, I just think – I don't think he's going to have long-term success as far as winning in the postseason. And I think that's how quarterbacks are measured. So I'm going to go no. He won't be a long-term success. He's going to get paid. He's already play, paid. He got enough to buy all those expensive uh, PCs for gaming and everything else he does on Twitch. But, nah, not for my money. No Kyler Murray, man. We'll see him tonight, though. Unfortunately. Yeah, we got to watch him this tonight. This is a good one. We'll talk about it. The Patriots – and the Arizona Cardinals will watch that Monday night football. I'll talk to the guys later on, 445. But coming up right here on 730 of the game, it's the afternoon rush.